and okay. when are the rumors from? Right. So most of the rumors are that this is a Spanish galleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of rumors that it was like laden with gold or doubloons. They're always <laughs> laden. You know, it's always doubloons, right? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Today I Learned, a podcast by Magoosh. Uh, Magoosh, as you may know, is a test prep company, and we have great content experts who spend hours each day researching and writing new questions and passages about any number of topics. Um, Today I Learned is a podcast not so much about test prep, but about the weird things that we learn while we're writing test prep materials. I'm Peter, and I'm your guide through this random uh, assortment of ideas. Uh, today, I'm joined by Travis, our LSAT expert, who's going to be discussing the shipwreck in the desert, <laughs> which is like very, very disturbing and creepy. Um, in the studio with us also, we have Hannah, who works on our student help team. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Um, do you know anything about the shipwreck in the desert? I don't even know what shipwreck or what desert. Yeah. But aren't your, isn't your interest piqued by the concept of Very a much boat so. In the I hope there's treasure involved. <laughs> there's a lot of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, with that, I guess I'll hand it over to you, Travis. All right. So I was writing logical reasoning questions for the LSAT product, and logical reasoning questions are short passages um, presenting some kind of argument, right? Well, Sometime in the past, while we were listening to a Netflix program, I'm sure, on treasure hunters around the world, I remembered hearing about some sort of shipwreck in the Mojave Desert in Southern California. So I went exploring to see if I could come up with some sort of interesting argument around the shipwreck in the desert. And what I found out was that over the last few hundred years, there has been there have been rumors of a shipwreck somewhere in the Mojave Desert that have resurfaced time and time again. Right, the Native American tribes in the area had rumors of this shipwreck uh, during the gold rush period. All of the prospectors reported having seen it at one time or another. Uh, the Spanish in the area had reported having seen it. It just kept cropping up. And people always had slightly different accounts of where it was, of what kind of ship it was, of what was on the ship. But how it, it kept got reappearing. there. And how it got there. So that's perfect. What a great question. I'm so glad you asked. So that was what I was most interested in, right, is how this ship got there. So I started looking into that a little bit. And as it turns out, it's, it, it's a long history of weird geology that I didn't necessarily know existed in that region. So you know anything about the Mojave Desert? Not really, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, I lived in California for a long time, but that's okay, tell me. <laughs> yeah, so basically, uh, it, you know, the Mojave Desert, it's southwestern California, and it's kind of bordered by, more or less, this is very rough, but more or less like the Sierra Nevada and the mountains of Southern California on one side, and then you have like the Colorado River um, on the other side, right? And the Colorado River is the weird part, it's kind of the one that contributes to how this ship might have gotten there, right? Yeah. So historically, there's a huge basin in the Mojave, the Salton Sea. Have you ever uh-huh. heard of the Salton yes. Sea? Okay, so Salton Sea is this big lake that was actually formed when we started diverting water into the basin for irrigation. Mm-hmm. And it flooded this huge basin that's actually 260 feet below sea level. Right? Um, well, long before the Salton Sea existed there and we flooded it, the Colorado River had this meandering course that eventually led down toward the Gulf of Mexico. Right? Mm-hmm. And the huge delta of the Colorado River would shift all the time. Mm-hmm. And at some point, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the Colorado River actually, rather than emptying into the Gulf of Mexico, emptied straight into the Salton Sink, that big basin. Okay. Right? So it flooded it with this 
enormous lake called Lake Cahuila mm -hmm. that was like a hundred miles long and 30 miles wide and at some points in history actually connected to the Gulf of Mexico mm -hmm. right so as you might be able to guess a ship could have sailed up from right. the Gulf of Mexico straight into yes. there problem is the last time that that lake existed was pretty much around the year 1600 and we think it might have even been earlier than that and around 1500 was the last time that that lake basically dried up, evaporated, and it hasn't uh -huh. been around since then. And right. when are the rumors from? Right, so most of the rumors are that this is a Spanish galleon. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple of rumors that it was like laden with gold or doubloons. They're always <laughs> laden, you know, it's always doubloons, right? <laughs> laden with doubloons. <laughs> exactly. But one of the more likely... That's like, why I want my, my tombstone to say. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Here, Here lies Peter, laden with doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> one of the more convincing stories is that it was a um, one of King Philip's ships that he sent to the coast of Mexico mm -hmm. to hunt for pearls. And this was around the year 1615, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we're looking at that one, that this is a pearl-laden ship trying to make its way back, um, they were trying to find a strait that they thought existed from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic down mm -hmm. there. So even if it's that one, we're still too late for this lake to right. have existed. Mm -hmm. But if we zoom forward a few hundred years, we can find one instance of a map called the Roque map uh -huh. from this mid 1700s mm -hmm. that actually shows the lake, shows a big body of water being in there. Okay. So what we think might have happened, what we think, I should say, what could have happened, <laughs> one theory, is that even after that leg of the Gulf of Mexico extended all the way up or met Lake Cahuila, mm -hmm. there could have been periodic massive flooding of the Colorado River uh -huh. that would have emptied basically sideways down into this basin rather uh -huh. than going forward into the Gulf. And some kind of cool evidence for that that I discovered was uh, that the pitch of the land uh -huh. leading from the Colorado River to the Salton Basin mm -hmm. is like 48 inches per mile, whereas the pitch that the Colorado follows all the way to the Gulf of Mexico is only 15 inches to the mile. Oh. And so were it to overcome its banks, it's actually much more likely that it would slide sideways, sideways. into the Mojave and create this big lake. And mm -hmm. a boat could theoretically have sailed up it at the wrong time and gotten stuck there. Okay, but did anyone ever see anything? <laughs> like, or is it just rumors that, like, hey, one time in this place there might have been this thing? Like, has anyone seen anything there? The, people say that they've seen it. <laughs> so there was one instance of a, uh, I think it was a Native American who was asked to help the Spanish uh, missionaries mm -hmm. uh, travel through California who claimed to have been traveling through the desert at night to uh -huh. escape the heat and in the middle of the night have come upon a ship loaded with pearls laden with pearls <laughs> right and he apparently took some of them yeah. and then fled because he was like i got my pearls i'm not staying right. around to drive mules through california deserts any yeah. longer right so he took off and he claims to have seen it but more interesting, in 1870, the Los Angeles Star newspaper ran a series of stories on a guy whose name was, I think, Charlie Klusky, uh -huh. uh, Klusker maybe, who was uh, who basically was determined to find this thing. He was a uh -huh. gold prospector. And he went out into the desert on a big expedition with a few people and yeah. came back a couple weeks later claiming that he found it. He said he yeah. found a Spanish galleon and it was full of treasure, uh -huh. but he was unprepared to dig it out or whatever he needed to do to get it. So he had to get his right. team back together and go collect all the treasure yeah so the newspaper ran a big story on it they prepared everybody said he's going back he went back yeah it was not there he never showed up again nobody okay. ever saw the guy again oh so he like disappeared on the expedition yeah yeah he, he disappeared the second time when he went back to get it and the first time did he go with people the second time he went with people but he got separated from them along the way 
and he brought no proof back the first time, so it kind of looks like he might have been a little bit of a con artist who right. had sort of ditched his group you right. know, quietly to get away from everything. And so they didn't continue to search for it? They, they just turned back? People, well, his group didn't yeah, know exactly where to go, and yeah. they were also, keep in mind, in the Mojave Desert where you get temperatures of well over 100 degrees every day, and so the yeah. reason, what, they, what turned them back the first time mm-hmm. was lack of enough provisions. They were starting yeah. to basically thirst, die uh-huh. of thirst. Um, so we think that they, having lost their leader, just essentially, turned back. Yeah, exactly. Turned back Never and gave mind. up on it, kind of started doubting what was going on. Meanwhile, in the centuries or the decades since then, tons of people have gone out looking for it. Right. But we haven't had any sort of uh, comprehensive, say, flyover. Like, what you could do is fly over mm-hmm. with rad- ground-piercing radar to see right. if you could find anything. And we haven't yeah, had an actual sweep, size. a systematic sweep of the exactly. area. Exactly. So it remains a mystery, and yet there are a couple of possibilities as to how a, a ship could have gotten to a point that is approximately 100 miles inland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you travel a lot. Do you have any plans to go down there <laughs> and have a poke around? You know, actually, a couple of years ago, actually, a couple of years ago, last year, I went camping in the Mojave National Preserve, mm-hmm. and um, and we were not treasure hunters at the time. I didn't even know about this treasure, the treasure ship. Wait, are you a treasure hunter now? Not really. Oh. <laughs> at the time, I was like, wait. Never. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Good question. Um, no, but I can say that while we were down there, we studied, we saw a lot of washes that, and there's warnings everywhere down there to watch mm-hmm. out for flash flooding, and a quick YouTube search of just like flooding in the Mojave yeah. will show up, will pop up with like 10 videos of people in small rainstorms or large rainstorms in the Mojave where rivers will just suddenly turn into these, you know, dry riverbeds will suddenly turn into torrents, mm-hmm. and the whole section of the Mojave down there, even from the Salton Sea north, mm-hmm. almost to Death Valley, is really just a series of dry riverbeds, and then these dry ancient lake beds mm-hmm. that still at certain times of massive flooding will turn you know huge portions of the desert floor into wetlands so. uh do you know i i heard this probably on some similar like tv show or something mm-hmm. i can't remember if it was also the mojave desert or somewhere else but where they have the like traveling rocks that seem to only travel yeah, at night is, is that okay is that yeah something that's like, death valley and i don't know that that's necessarily i'm not really an expert on the traveling rocks but i've also yeah. seen pictures of them and they're pretty crazy i think that's the winds that are doing that i don't yeah. think it's actually water, and, water. I, and i'm not aware of it existing in other parts of the mojave but mm-hmm. i do know that's something that you find in death valley uh, one last question. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, The Last Airbender? I don't want to yes. say Avatar because it's not and like the movie. The movie you're talking about, right? Or the, the series, about? the anime series. Oh, the last no, Airbender. I never saw that. Oh, there's a buried library in the desert, and it's like the best, <laughs> and it really makes you think of that. And they find like just one spire poking up, and then they go down, and it's this massive ancient library with all this stuff in it. And like, oh, if they could just find like one mass. So they did. That's actually a really good. I'm glad you brought it up. So some people did find a mast of a ship. Oh, and as it turns out, there's actually been numerous ships that have been brought to the Mojave Desert. Uh-huh. But two of them were actually land ships. They were they were ships with wheels that were intended to help with salt mining in the okay. salt basin there. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was a group of people that were uh, trying to dig for gold in Arizona. And they uh-huh. built a ship in Los Angeles and tried to drag it across the desert using teams <laughs> of mule, uh, teams of oxen. Sorry, and they all the oxen. And died along the way, and they had to Oh, it's the like the Oregon Trail game. Exactly. So it's very scary. <laughs> so there are ships in the desert, whether they are laden with the blooms and pearls or not. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's very exciting. I did yeah. not know. You know, I have to say the like, you know, shipwreck in the desert. I was like, oh, interesting, but I didn't actually initially even think like 
it's desert wise there's just like okay shipwreck like treasure Uh, awesome thank you so much Travis for sharing the story with us and thank you Hannah for being our guest today Uh, thanks to all of you for listening to Today I Learned Um, Magusha's mission is to make education more accessible enjoyable and effective you can check out our affordable test prep options for the GRE GMAT LSAT TOEFL SAT ACT and so many more at magusha.com our theme music is by Pink Zebra our show was produced by Lena Brooks uh, Travis Coleman and me thank you for listening never get the mouse to turn off. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>